Chapter 6, Facet 2, Leading One-on-One, Making Real Connections. It's vital for leaders to make real connections with their team, their peers, their bosses, their suppliers, and of course their customers, both external and internal. Often leaders come to me wanting to do a team workshop, and they ask me what they can do in the meantime to help the team. I give them the answer in three words, one-on-ones. The team works in direct proportion to the quality of the relationships you have with every individual on the team. The best one-on-one skill, and yes, it is a skill, is to credit and recognize the performance of others. There's a certain mindset associated with your ability to give credit. First of all, you have to be looking for what works, not what isn't working. Psychologists call it appreciative inquiry. Second, you must have, as they say in personal development circles, an attitude of gratitude. You have to appreciate the players in your life and what they do to help you move forward in your world. Finally, you have to decide whether you're going to be a diminisher or a multiplier in every interaction. Multipliers leave people, places and projects so much better than when they found them. One of those places is your home. There's an old saying when people get up to tricks and pranks, don't try this at home. But that's exactly what I want you to do with this second facet of your leadership diamond. If we can't give heartfelt gratitude to family and friends, to whom can we give it? Now that you're present to people, facet one, and are actively looking for opportunities to credit, not criticize, you'll see a shift in your own energy and the energy of those around you. This one technique will make a massive difference in your life and the lives of others. I can promise you that it can change your whole outlook on life. Don't wait until you feel better about your team or peers. Do it now and you'll immediately feel better. The bird doesn't sing because it has an answer. It sings because it has a song. Maya Angelou. There are so many skills vital to learn in this facet of your leadership diamond. It's where many new leaders who have been great technicians and promoted because of their technical skills struggle. In our leadership development programs and one-on-one coaching, irrespective of the seniority of the leaders, we often look at delegation skills, coaching skills, mediation skills, conflict resolution skills, training skills, and constructive feedback skills. All of these are vital for any leader to know and to do well but my favourite is crediting and recognition skills. In psychology, this is often called positive reinforcement. It's the old behavioural maxim that any behaviour reinforced in the present increases the chances of it being repeated in the future. To me, it's the most powerful leadership skill on the planet. It makes you feel great and improves both the performance and the self-esteem bank, as Stephen Covey called it in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, of the person you are crediting. I call it the force. Obviously, it's a play on words from the Star Wars movies. I like to imagine the original line in the movie was going to be, let the positive reinforcement be with you. But they cut it down to, let the force be with you for impact. What is a credit? A credit is many things, but what's often overlooked is that a credit is performance-related feedback. It's letting the person know and answering the key question every team member craves. How am I doing? Am I seen as an individual? Am I seen as part of the tribe? How do I contribute? Am I significant? Am I valued? You see, it's not just fluffy compliments. If you're old enough to remember Mr. Grace in your being served, he used to say, you've all done very, very well. What made this funny is that it's too close to the bone. 
He was the elderly owner of the business who didn't know what was happening on the shop floor. But complimenting isn't crediting. Don't get me wrong, what Mr Grace does is better than no feedback at all. But here's the trouble. When you simply say good job or well done or great effort, it's just a compliment. It's not a leadership credit. As you'll see in a moment, a leadership credit goes well beyond that. A leadership credit is a very specific four-part tool with each step being an essential psychological building block. What's often revealing in our leadership development programs is when participants get 360-degree feedback that says that their stakeholders believe they don't credit them, yet the participants swear that they do. The problem is that they are complimenting them, not crediting them. They are recognising them, not appreciating them. More on this in a minute. For now, let's look at the specific parts of a credit, but before we do, let's look at what's at the heart of crediting. Focusing on what works in an organisational context is, as we said, what we call appreciative inquiry. It's appreciating and asking questions on what works rather than focusing only on problems or issues. In terms of leading one-on-one, we call it crediting or building the self-esteem bank of the people with whom you work. Imagine that the people in your teams are banks and they're filled with either lots or not so many self-esteem chips. As Stephen Covey says in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, your job is to build people's self-esteem banks. Increase the number of deposits. Do it in a genuine, positive and sincere way. Do it by focusing on what they do well. Place a token into their self-esteem bank. Make them feel good about themselves. Do it because people who feel good about themselves produce good results, as Blanchard tells us in The One Minute Manager. Some of your people will have huge self-esteem chips in their accounts and others will almost be bankrupt for all sorts of reasons. If you want people to take risks and innovate, you have to build up their self-esteem accounts long before you ask them to do anything. I believe that people actually like change. What they don't like are the possibilities change brings, especially the possibility of failure. They don't like to fail because they're afraid they won't be able to bounce back. You have to build resilience. You have to exercise the courage muscle. You have to make sure no matter what happens, people have enough self-esteem in their account to master any changes. That's the job of a leader. When do you credit? You make a credit when someone exceeds a standard. These people stand out very easily. They're the high performers in the business and they often get a lot of accolades. Someone constantly meets the standard. These people probably don't scream out, but they're constantly there, always doing the right thing and always on the money. These people often don't get any feedback and float the possibility of leaving. Only at that point do we say, don't leave. You're one of our best people. Pay attention to the people who are constantly meeting standards. People meet an outcome or standard not normally met by them. In other words, someone has done something major she normally wouldn't do. Someone has finally learnt the process and has put in a little bit more effort than normal. Your job as a leader is to catch her at that point in terms of going beyond a standard that she normally doesn't reach or an effort she normally doesn't show. The four steps of crediting. We have a mnemonic for this called USSR. It's based on a line from the Beatles song, Back in the USSR, when they say, you don't know how lucky you are, boy, back in the USSR. It's a reminder to be grateful for the people around you. You, the first step of crediting, is an upfront, positive, general reference. S, the second step, is a specific example. S, 
The third step is a skill or quality. R, the final one, is a resulting benefit. I mentioned before that when we do organisational surveys, we often speak to leaders who say, yes, I'm giving my people credits all the time. Again, what they don't realise is that they're giving them compliments, not credits. Suppose that your team does a particularly great presentation. You could say, great presentation. That was fantastic. Again, that's a compliment, not a credit. It doesn't give them any feedback about themselves and neither does it tell them how that presentation actually helped. Let's have a look in more detail. Upfront, positive, general reference. First, you say, that was a brilliant presentation you did yesterday to the marketing department. Notice that's a general reference to what's been said, the presentation, and it's an upfront, positive, brilliant, specific. The second step is a specific example of what they did well. Hey, the way you took the brand into account and linked it to the supply chain showed a fantastic example of what real partnership is about. Notice how I've shown that I do pay attention and I've let them know what I specifically appreciate. Skill or quality. But here comes the most important part of the credit. When you do this, you credit the person, not just what they did. You credit the skill or quality they used to do it. I was particularly impressed with the initiative you took. Notice how it says something about the person, not what they did. Resulting benefit. The final step is to link the credit back to organizational performance, objectives, higher purpose, and mission. As a result, the marketing department has agreed to what we've said, and it's going to get our product launched in the marketplace a lot sooner. The team now knows how they fit in. We've let them know that what they do counts and has meaning. If there's one thing people are looking for, it's meaning. A great way of showing people how they fit in and how what they do counts is to show the connection between what they're working on and a higher purpose. There's a story that beautifully reinforces this, and yes, it's been around a long time. It's about someone walking onto a building site. He comes across the first bricklayer and says, what are you doing? The answer is, I'm laying bricks. He seems a bit lethargic. He comes across the next bricklayer, asks the same question, and receives this response. Actually, I'm building a wall. It's a great building. Note that he feels more part of it. He comes across the third bricklayer, and this time the quality's higher. But what strikes the questioner is that the bricklayer is ecstatic. He asks him, what are you doing? He replies, man, I'm building the best sanctuary for homeless kids they'll ever have. Notice how for the final bricklayer, it's not just a job. It's linked to a higher purpose. That's what we do with the skill of crediting. Try it. It works. I had a neighbour who used to come out with his kids of a Sunday with a zero weeding brush and some tools to pick out the weeds in his lawn. That always struck me as quite weird because he was focusing on the weeds. On the other hand, I'd read a comment in a gardening book with a different approach. It suggests that if you aerate the lawn, I use my old golf shoes with metal spikes to do this, and then water and fertilise it, the lawn becomes so lush that it pops out the weeds. You have to come to a decision in your own mind. Are you a weeder or are you a lawner? Are you going to focus on what's wrong, the weeds, or on what's right and the solution? I suggest you focus on the lawn. Will you have weeds? Absolutely, but you'll more easily be able to deal with them. If not, you'll be picking out weeds for the rest of your life. 
But why do so many leaders do so poorly on engagement surveys in this area, particularly when they think giving recognition is one of their strengths? There are many reasons for this. A key one is that they have not made the distinction between recognition and appreciation. They recognise the tasks that people do and even the outcomes, but they fail to appreciate them as people who are making a real impact, letting them know their contribution counts. This is why I believe the most important part of crediting is appreciating the people, not simply recognising the tasks. More than anything, this builds the self-esteem bank. It makes them feel truly valued for who they are, not just for what they did. You can now see the importance of each individual step of USSR. All steps have a significant part to play in crediting. I assure you this will be the most important skill you'll ever learn as a leader. Trust the force. Steps and the part they play. Upfront positive general reference is when it gives context and lets the performer know, hey, something good is coming down the line. Specific examples, what, makes it real. Says, I'm watching you, I care. Gives authenticity and sincerity. Shows how great work gets recognised. Skill or quality, who, lets them know that they count. It's who they are that counts, not just what they did. Appreciates them as a person. Resulting benefits, why? Let's them know how they fit into the bigger picture, how they help achieve the vision, align with higher purpose, or just how they help themselves, peers, customers, suppliers, and the community. On a personal note, most people have a bucket list or a list of things they'd love to do before they kick the bucket. We really need a better term than this, but this one's so familiar. Let's call it your lifetime list. On mine, I had to run a marathon. Yes, 26.2 miles or 41.8 kilometres. I was never that fast at school, but I had a very low heart rate. I still do. For some reason, I could run forever, and I represented the district in cross-country. But of course, the ultimate test of that is a marathon. In August 1984, I entered the inaugural Sydney Wang Marathon. Wang was one of the original word processing companies. I was working for CIG, now BOC, at the time, and saw one of our engineering managers in the crowd who had recently resigned. He was one of those amazingly fit characters, the type who's always running at lunchtime and full of smiles and energy. Sadly, I can't even remember his name but I'll never forget the difference he made to my life that day. Frankly, I wasn't super fit, but I was amazingly determined. Off I went, and like Forrest Gump, I kept running. After talking with a few veterans earlier, they'd suggested not to put too much pressure on myself and to simply make it my goal to finish. But that didn't quite cut it with me. I wanted some goal, some target. I thought 10 kilometres an hour was a fair pace to do. In fact, a smidge more than this, and so I set myself a goal of four hours. Now, I was young, reasonably fit and motivated, but at 40 kilometres, I was spent, absolutely stuffed. I set myself four more mini goals, just do another 500 metres, then another, then another, until I reached the finish line. At 41.5 kilometres, I'd reached the stadium. Only 300 metres, not even a full lap to finish. But as soon as I entered, I froze like a deer in the headlights. Crazy as it is, I knew I had absolutely nothing left. 
and after all that work, I would not finish the race. My legs weren't just aching, I couldn't even feel them. My whole body was totally dried out like an old beach towel in the sun. I could not go on. And then came this voice from the stands, the young engineering manager's voice. He must have finished much earlier. Somehow, I heard it above all the others. Come on, Paul. You've come this far. You can do it. Don't give up, mate. Keep going. Keep going. I lifted. Not by much, mind you, but I lifted enough to see the big time clock at the finish. Where I got that last spurt of energy from, I'll never know. But I ran across the finish line and was given a time card. Three hours, 58 minutes. I never saw that engineer again. He was a nameless person in the crowd, just a casual acquaintance. Yet his words of encouragement got me across the line that day. Simple but powerful. Come on, Paul. You've come this far. You can do it. Don't give up, mate. Keep going. Keep going. For some reason, those words are embedded in my soul. There have been so many times when I've been so low in life and about to throw in the towel, and then I remember those words of hope and encouragement. Now I try to be that voice for others, and you are that voice in the crowd for so many as well. Perhaps you'll never know the difference your words of encouragement will mean to someone else. Perhaps you may never meet again, but never underestimate the power of the force. Never underestimate what your passionate support and encouragement can do to lift someone's performance, to lift someone's spirits. It's the ultimate connection to our humanity. Time for reflection. It's so easy to outline the four key steps of USSR to make the distinction between recognition and appreciation. So why don't we do it? That is, give credit where credit is due. Let's explore this for a minute. Do you think you credit enough? Too much? Or hardly at all? Like many leadership skills, I believe our relationship with crediting goes back to our family of origin when we were kids. Think for a bit. What was crediting or acknowledging like in your family? Did you celebrate the opening of an envelope? Did everyone receive bundles and bundles of recognition in your family? Or was it not there at all? Or was it rationed out? The impact on your leadership will be huge. Did other siblings get recognition but not you? Or were you the bright shining star and felt embarrassed by how much praise you got compared to your siblings? There are those families that feel any form of acknowledgement spoils a child. If that's your family of origin, then no matter what you did, it never seemed good enough. It's staggering the number of leaders I come across, mostly male, whose achievements are a way of showing their dads they're worthy and that they've made something of themselves. Did you only get credit when you really achieved something of greatness, never for just your efforts? Then again, did your parents pour it on so that you got a certificate for simply getting out of bed in the morning? All of this will impact your willingness, awareness, and skill in crediting. Reflect on the why of past crediting and then ask yourself how you wish to credit going forward. How do you wish to excite others to exceptional performance, to acknowledge outcomes and efforts, to not just recognize what they did, but also appreciate who they are? Week two. Small tweak two. Now you're mindful of being present. Because of this, you have a growing awareness of the contributions people are making in your world. You're seeing credit candidates everywhere. 
Your words of encouragement are lifting not only other people's spirits and performance, but yours as well. You've set yourself a goal. Give one genuine full credit a day. At first, it may seem like a big effort, but soon enough, it will be the most rewarding part of your day. You're now ready to polish the third facet of your leadership diamond, leading teams.